Welcome to the 292nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on July 10th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's got the ears of a bat, Carlos Rodella. I can hear all things. You hear everything. Yeah, before the show started, I was like, Brad, is something going on in the background? I hear like a, a wind blowing. And I'm like, I hear absolutely nothing. I have the ears of an animal that doesn't hear very well. I don't know, a turtle? I don't a know. Bug? I don't know. What animal has shit hearing? I'm not I sure. really don't know. We could Google that, but we're not going to. Maybe later. Anybody listening, if you know of an animal that has really poor hearing, let me know because I'm that animal. That's Brad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I always hear like the weird small noises in the background because I have to edit it later. So I'm always like, is it good or is it bad? And there's a strange like wind. We might not hear it. We might. I don't know. I wonder if it's like a spiritual thing. Are you hearing like the other side? Perhaps? <gasps> Maybe, but it's only on your side. The ah, other side. The other side is on my side. No, I don't yeah. want that. I don't want that. Over it's here. the upside down. You're. Oh, oh that's geez. what I'm hearing. Uh, okay, let's put that away. We're not going to talk about that. All right, folks. We are here doing a show as we normally do. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Very exciting. We also have quite a bit of housekeeping today. So I say, let us uh, conserve the energy of the universe and just uh, get started, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, I just have a couple things. I don't have a lot. Uh, but as people usually know, uh, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. Yeah, just a couple things on my side. Not much this week. What do you got on your side, Carlos? Jeez, it's uh, pretty messy. Got some clothes, some uh, pizza boxes still. Oh, man. Still got to get rid of those. Um, first off, I just want to give a shout out to uh, a podcast I was just on, a video podcast, so it's a visual thing. Uh, Two Geeks Talking, a friend of mine, Kurt, uh, hosts that show for years. It's really cool. He talks to a bunch of nerds about nerdy things comic book artists and stuff like that as well. A lot of comic stuff. Um, so he had me on yesterday and talked about TikTok and comedy and also our podcast. Oh, right on. I have uh, does he listen to it? Yes. And uh, more people listen to this show than I remember or know because I'll talk to somebody randomly and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I listen. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so, yeah. And he was just saying how it was cool. And I was talking about how, uh, you know, there needs to be like less negativity uh, for clicks nowadays, yeah. when a lot of like gaming journalism does that, or like yeah, like shows. the angry, the angry ranting videos and angry whatever gamer that was like such a big thing for so long. Like any gamer being pissed off about something was like the baseline communication. It's so boring, so and fun. it's still happening. I mean, like that's what a lot of YouTube channels are. You know, people being like, I can't believe this thing or whatever. So um, we kind of like we're talking about that and just about the industry and uh, comedy and games and stuff. So I'll let everybody know when that goes up. That was really fun. Right on. I just as a side note too, I kind of agree with you in being surprised whenever somebody listens to the show because, you know, it's just like you and me, and we just live our lives, and we get together once a week and do a show, and we play games and stuff. It's all fine, but like, you know, I don't, I don't go out anywhere anymore, and like, we don't really like. I mean, I don't know about you, but I still feel like I'm still within a, a deep COVID bubble, and so whenever I talk to somebody, like on the outside, and they say like, "Oh, this is a show," like it, it surprises me. Like I feel. It sounds weird to say, but I feel like nobody listens to the show except for you and me. And so when, <laughs> whenever whenever somebody's like, oh, yeah, I heard the show. I'm like, whoa, really? Did you listen to our show? That's amazing. Like, I'm always, I'm always so surprised, pleasantly surprised. But it is I get what you mean. Like, it feels yeah. 
there's this kind of a disconnect. It's interesting. It is. And I mean, I've, I've gone out and about in the world a little bit too, but it's not, it's just different because it's like online obviously is where everybody listens yeah. to the show. So yeah. it could be anywhere in the world and people are like, oh yeah, I've heard it. And I'm like, wow. Well, it's funny too, because like back when we were still doing things in real life, I mean, I know, I know some people are getting back to life. I'm certainly not. I'm still definitely in my basement, but you know, like when we would go to PAX and stuff, like I would get recognized every so often. Oh, right. Um, and it was, it always like really surprised me because, um, you know, just like you go somewhere and like, oh, it's it's like, like I remember this one time I was in line at PAX and somebody from like across the hall was like, like kind of waving to me to get my attention. I looked over and I didn't recognize them and I waved back. I'm like, do I know you? And like they came running over. They're like, are you Brad Galloway? And I'm like, yeah. Hey, what's up? Who are you? And, um, you know, I'm not going to give their name or anything, but I'm like, have we met before? And they're like, no, no, I just I know you from Game Critics. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, really? Like you recognize me from all the way across the hall? It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um. Which was nice because usually when I go to um, PAX, people know me as the guy who trashed the game. And I get oh, recognized geez. for being that asshole who gave their game hey, a better it's view. it's that asshole. Go get it's him. It's that asshole. I got that quite a bit. So that was really fun. But it's, it's always weird um, to have anybody recognize you for anything out in the world. And especially especially now the podcast because we've been doing so many episodes and yet we've you know, like with COVID and everything, just haven't been going anywhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's I get more that. Intense. Yeah, I get what you mean now. Okay, so in that setting, like the gamer setting, like uh, a show, the next time you and I go out to a show, which will happen at some point, I know at you think it's the rest of the world or the rest of I got life. one of those suits coming from Amazon that's got like the head bubble and it's got the air supply like on the back. <laughs> Do that and I'm sure people will like be like, oh, there's Brad. He's the one who's like in that suit because they'll just think I'm it. cosplaying, you know, I'll stick some anime nice. stuff on it. Yeah, no problem. You're like dead space cosplaying. Um <laughs> But here's the thing. When we do go out again, because we will, and you and I will go to a show at the same time, and it'll be fun. Yeah, I think people will be like, what's up? So video games podcast. It'd be weird. Anywho. Anyway. Moving on. I also want to just a quick shout out to uh, crossover videos I was just doing. I talked about them last week on the show. Yeah. On TikTok uh, with Lexi's Cool is her TikTok. uh, L-E-X-Y-S Cool. And so go check them out. One's on her channel and one's on mine. Uh, and it was just fun to do a crossover video, so check those out. And also, a shout-out to Umbrella Academy. Did you ever watch that? I watched the first two seasons. We really loved it, and we we plan to come back. We just haven't got back to it yet. But we're definitely we're definitely down with Umbrella Academy. It's so good, and I was the same way, and I finally started the third season, and I'm in episode five now. And yeah, it, when you go back in, you're like, oh, I needed to be here. You know, It's like you forgot how much you liked yeah. it. Well, you so. know the weird thing about that, though? I, it's like... I don't know if you notice this, but I feel like there's like these weird trends in entertainment where something will come out. It'll be like uh, man climbing a skyscraper movie. And you're like, OK, cool. And then like within six months, there will be like three other movies that have the same thing. Uh, I don't know if they all get together behind the scenes. and They'll plan that or how it goes. But there's been a lot of coincidences. And when Umbrella Academy came out, it was like a, basically the same time as Doom Patrol on mm. um, HBO. Do you watch Doom Patrol? No, I, I, I've seen it, but I, it's not I'm not it's not for me. OK. Oh, you don't like Doom Patrol. Yeah, I know. I'm a weirdo, but go ahead. I feel like those are like in the exact same basket. So it's like when we watch one, like when we watch Doom Patrol, then I'm like, okay, cool, but I don't want to watch Umbrella Academy because I feel like they're very similar. I like them both. Yeah. Um, But then when we watch Umbrella Academy, then I don't watch Doom Patrol because they're they're too close together. So I think we're, I think Umbrella Academy is going to get its its turn soon. But those two things hit at the same time, and I think they're kind of in the same basket. And actually, I like them both. Why do you not like Doom Patrol? I think it's amazing. I don't know. I think it's a mixture of production value. Um, I don't like it when I know it's a costume or something. Um, I think one of those guys is like, yeah, like the rock person. Is that right? A rock man? The robot? The robot guy that Brendan Fraser plays? 
Yeah, then robot. I think I think that looks like a costume. I don't know if it looks if it feels too much like um, you know Star Trek, where like the makeup's not great, or I just didn't also fall in love with the characters. And like Umbrella Academy, it was, it was pretty instant. Like I liked all of them for different reasons. Gotcha. So it really is kind of character based usually, but then if the show quality isn't like. Just like my video game stuff with 4K, 16 frames You've definitely got your preferences. You've got your preferences. If it doesn't, yeah, if I can see the seams, then I'm, I am can be out sometimes. Interesting, so. interesting. Well, I, I'm, I'm definitely excited about Umbrella Academy. We're going to come back to that. But I also, I love Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is fucking incredible. I love they're both, show so They're much. both uh, good for what they do. And I will say yeah. that you're right because like there is only so much space in your brain for a style that's yeah. similar like that. Like the ensemble, dark, weird sci-fi show. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you do a couple things on your side because I have like two or three more in mine. Okay. Uh, I just have a couple here. So since we're talking about games, just another shout out for the Orville. I feel like I talk about it all the time now. Um, interesting that they came back. So I, as I mentioned like a couple shows ago, they came back after like a three-year hiatus, uh, which I wasn't even sure they were going to come back, but I'm so glad they came back. Um, they're they're like, they're on point. Like they were writing some good scripts during COVID and they've got some incredible stuff. Um, did I talk about the 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 gender reassignment episode last time i talked about this mm, i don't think so no Man. i don't think so so they're they're really building on what they did before the hiatus so i know it's tough because uh people who watch the show watch the show and then it was like pause for three years and then you come back and it's like what do you, i don't even remember what happened three years ago but like they're they're picking it right back up so like they kind of assume that you remember like what happened before and one of the continuing storylines in this show was that there were um there's a race of aliens and i and I mean, I guess I guess it's okay to call them gay aliens because there are females in the species, but the population is like ninety nine point nine 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 percent male. Um, so I don't know that that even applies. Like the term "gay" doesn't even apply because it's their alien culture or whatever. Yeah. But just just for shorthand, just for the purposes of this podcast. So anyway, one of the long long running storylines of this is that the two uh, men who are partners who are aliens. They have a baby and the baby turns out to be female. And that's like a super bad thing in their culture. Um, so we're not going to get into the details, but like that was like an ongoing plot line. And it was extremely relevant to like today's culture with like, uh, you know, trans issues, uh, gender dysphoria, you know, autonomy about, you know, you know, gender reassignment surgery. All this stuff was like super current and relevant. And they did an episode, I think, two weeks ago that really just like like brought the whole thing home. And it was just like a pretty incredible hour of TV. Like I was, I was like crying a couple times. Like it was wow. really sad, like as a parent and it just was really hard hitting and really like just really right there. So I feel like they did a great job. Um, they do. I mean, every episode this, this season has been great. And one thing that I think is really neat about it is they, I think they wrote Fox, I believe. And then they switched to Hulu now. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they have a bigger, a bigger freedom to do the shows that they want to do. And a lot of these shows are like an hour, hour and 10, hour and 15, so, like, it's almost like you're watching a movie every single time you watch one of the episodes because they have that extra 15, 20 minutes to, like, really flesh things out and to do little extra things. Mm -hmm. And it just it really pays off. Um, I think for me, it feels like I get a new sci fi movie every week and I fucking love it. And I feel like they're just they're so great. This week's was a time travel episode, which I thought was, like, pretty fucking gut wrenching in some places. Um, they're definitely going for the feels uh, and way less of just comedy, which is fine. Um, but it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I'm just, I'm so down with the Orville right now. I, I would just say one thing that when we talked about the Orville last time, which might be every episode now, um, you mentioned it and I said, like, I'm going to go back cause it's not all comedy. Like you said. Yeah. And the new season, 
starts off with not comedy, right? That's what you're saying. Oh, geez, it was real heavy. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know where I jumped back in. Maybe I jumped back in the wrong place, but I didn't start it over. And I jumped ahead to where I thought you told me to. And it was like comedy. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. They're like at the bar and they're talking and you can see they're trying to do jokes. And then there's some serious stuff, but it just didn't. It felt like what I thought it was going to be like. So I didn't get taken by wherever I went in. I mean, there's still laughs, but it's like it's definitely not a comedy. Like they've cut way back on the comedy. So, I mean, there's still moments like, you know, when they get in the bar, they have a little light moment or they'll be in the science lab and somebody will get fried or something. You know, like there's a couple laughs, but overall, like super serious. And like this Mm. season, especially everyone has been like a fucking gut punch. Like I actually kind of want them to do a little bit more comedy because we've had so many super heavy episodes in a row that I'm like, Jesus, like I need like my heart needs a break from this. So it's, it's pretty tough. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Uh, and but you know, if it's not hidden. If it's not, hidden, if it's not hidden, it's not hidden. I know, but I like what they're so. doing. I like what they're doing. All right. Let me give you one more here. Uh, let's see. Okay. So last night we watched the hunt. It's a movie that came out in 2020 made a big stir when it came out because this was the uh, horror comedy. And it was about uh, liberals, coastal elites who kidnap a bunch of conservative rednecks and hunt them like like the most dangerous game, like out in a, you know, like humans hunting humans sort of thing. Do you remember hearing about this or did you see this movie? Yeah, I always saw the trailer and I was like, just not ready for that kind of movie at the time. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's an interesting concept. And I've seen that. I mean, my main thing, I think, is because I've seen this movie before, right? Like this movie's oh, yeah. been done many, many times. A jillion so. times. Yeah, so I, jillion I never times. saw it, but yeah. Well, you know, I'm always down for people hunting people. And I remember the big uh, hullabaloo when this came out because conservatives were really fucking offended. And, you know, it was kind of a flip because usually it's, you know, the liberals are not often the bad guys in a movie, right? And so I'm like, okay, that might be interesting. I'd be curious to see how this goes. And to be perfectly honest, I'd be fine watching a bunch of conservatives get mowed down because it's a movie. It's not real. And I think it kind of would encapsulate how a lot of us are feeling these days since we're on the edge of fascism. Um, so that that was we went into it hoping just to see, you know, horror, comedy, laughs, shoot ups, you know, blood, whatever. Like we watch a lot of horror these days. I've talked about this. And I got to say, the movie was pretty fucking disappointing. Um the thing that I didn't like about it the most was that it's interesting because in contrast to what the criticism of the movie was when it came out, I felt like this movie like really heavily both sides to everything. And I really couldn't stand mm. that. Um, the liberals were the bad guys and that was fine. But it was like there was like when you I'm not going to go the whole detail, but like when you get to the end of the movie, my takeaway from the movie was basically like the director and the writers were saying the conservatives are bad, the liberals are bad, and the only people who are good are the people who are like the normal people in the middle. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how that even flew a couple years ago. This is only like two years old. It's not like a really old movie. But it's like we were seeing stuff that was way worse than that in the past. And I realized this is not, a, you know, this is not someone's political belief. It's a movie. It's make-believe. It's horror comedy, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But obviously, like, the influences are impossible to ignore. And, like, just seeing them both sides, the whole thing, really fucking rubbed me the wrong way and it really kind of got me pissed off and it wasn't and it wasn't about like the liberals being the bad people that was fine but just like the overall messaging of the movie um and just the takeaway at the end it really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth Mm. so i was really i was really pissed off about that you know it it wouldn't have made sense when it came out and it makes even less sense now 
So I feel like the writers were really wrongheaded. Um, it could have been a fun movie. It could have been um, more laughs. It could have had a different angle to it. But the direction they took just really kind of like by the end of it, I was like, man, fuck this movie. Like I was I was not down. And they could have also like um, just thinking of it as a movie like plot line, have it be the conservatives be the bad guys. Um, when was this come out? A couple years ago only? 2020, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously it was still like those kind of issues were going on. And yeah. then have the liberals be like the good guys, but then, you know, maybe not win or something. Um, yeah. And I'll be like, wow, that's a reflection of the world or something. I don't know. There were there were a lot of ways they could have gone with this that I feel like. But there, but the ultimate takeaway, and if anybody disagrees with the takeaway, I mean, it's not like they, you know, they didn't like share a moral at the end of the movie. But it was just like by what happened, what characters survived, what they went through. To me, it basically said that both sides are bad, um, which to me does not make any fucking sense these days. So Yeah, take a stance. Anyway, okay, so bad taste in my mouth over the hunt. Um, I'll do one more thing real quick, and then I'll turn it back over to you. This is my last thing. Just a heads up to people, since we're talking about TV movies. Uh, PSN, Sony, is removing a bunch of movies from their online available library. Uh, It was just announced a couple days ago that even though Sony has said if you buy a movie on their service, it'll always be available to you, they're actually going back on that. So movies that are under the quote unquote studio canal label, which didn't really ring a bell with me, uh, but they actually have a shitload of movies. I don't know if they're like a licensing service or what, Uh, but any any movie under the studio canal label is going to be taken off of the service. So if you have quote unquote bought that movie on PSN, you just will not be able to watch it anymore. That's just going to be gone. And there there's been no talk about refunds. There's been no talk about uh, store credit or anything like that for people who are just going to be out. So just as a quick example um, you know, there was, there was a list that was published and it was like, I feel like it was like 250 movies, 300 movies, but it was stuff like Apocalypse Now, Blair Witch, Shaun the Sheep, if you uh, like that, I think it's really funny, Eraserhead, Robocop. I mean, there was like a whole list of movies that I could imagine somebody picking up if they like, you know, just if their PlayStation is their media center and they want to watch movies. So heads up, um, if hmm. you bought some, maybe check that out, look it up and see what you're going to be missing if you bought any. Well, I wonder what the contract issue was there, because it's obviously a contract that like like ran out or something. I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different studios with that. It's always hard to do anyhow, right? Like they're the middleman, so they like play, like yeah, in between the studio or whatever to yeah. to to release these movies. And also on top of that, it brings up the topic that we always talk about, which is digital content can be gone in two seconds. Yeah, all it takes is push a one button. Yeah, and I don't have any of my games. I don't have like 700 games. They're all gone, you know? Yep. yep so yep, it's yep. an issue. It's scary. That sucks. Yeah. Um, so just a heads up. Heads up if you bought movies on PSN, you know, maybe check it out. Maybe you're at risk. Maybe you're not. But, you know, just, just inform yourself and then, you know, act accordingly. So. I wonder if I have. I should go check now. I know I, I must have bought something from that service. Mm. Um, continuing on with TV shows, uh, the Fallout TV show. Did you hear about that? I heard something about it, but I didn't really look too closely. I think it's actually going to happen sooner than later because I think it's already in production. And I heard that Walter Goggins, who is in tons of stuff, oh, yeah. including Justified and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he might be the main protagonist. And also Kyle MacLachlan from Twin Peaks. And oh, I heard about things. that. Yeah. He's going to be yes. in it, which is great. I love Kyle. Sure. And there's a bunch of other cast that got revealed. Um, but yeah, in lieu of not, us not getting a Fallout for seven more years or something insane... Um, then we're gonna get this TV show. So I'm gonna eat it up. I don't. I mean, it could even be bad, probably. But I'll check it if out. it's Fallout, I'm gonna watch it. 
Speaking of which, has I wonder, did uh, rumors ever solidify of that original Fallout remake that we were talking about a couple episodes ago? Any more info on that? No, it didn't. I think I keep seeing like YouTubers talking about it, um, but no information yet. No. All right. That's a bummer. Okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, also, this I just had to, I had to bring up. Uh, a game that I love and beat and then kept playing for a while. Uh, and everybody, for some reason, or a ton of people didn't like it. I don't know why. But Biomutant. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. That kind of came and went. Yeah, I remember that. <sighs> okay, so I have something to say about that okay. uh, That statement there. Because it's, it's similar to a YouTube video I just saw. It said, Biomutant, what went wrong? And I, as soon as I saw the video, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> because a ton of people liked it, including do you me. Have, do you have the link to that? Because I'd like to watch that video. <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. I thought I'll send it to you after. <laughs> All right. Just well, just YouTube Biomutant. What went wrong? I think All that's right, what I'll it's called. That. I'll search it. And I was like, you sons of bitches. And no, I didn't watch it, but I was just mad. And then that's on the tail or on the heels of. Um, they just announced they're releasing a 4K 60 frames per second version for the PS5 and I think Series X. Hmm. So as I was playing that game, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always knew that the graphics weren't good enough. You could just tell, you know, it's like their vision was there mm-hmm. and all the cool fabrics and things that they wanted to do, but it looked like a PS4 game or, you know, it looked like an Xbox game. So this will be like closer to the real like v- vision of what they wanted. You know, I think that's really cool because I saw some video of it and it that's looked clean. That's interesting because I played that game and I don't think the graphics were the problem. I mean, I know that you are a little bit pickier than I am when it comes to graphics. I thought it, I thought it always looked just fine. Like, I mean, I have a bunch of problems in the game, but graphics was not one of them. I thought it was okay. So. I don't think that's the saving grace for this game. I'm just saying that I liked it. And I yeah. think anybody listening who did like it, like me, should play this version. If you, like, say you even finish it and you have a save file, go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. And then this is, I think, closer to the developer's vision. Because when I saw, like, uh, you know, screenshots or, like, early pictures of it when it's being developed, I saw it looked like this. So, anyways, it's closer to that. And I've already beaten it. But if they did any DLC or even if they didn't, I'd probably jump back in. And I just disagree with all those people who say what went wrong. I think nothing went wrong. I think it's great. And I really like combat. No one's doing the combat that's in that game. I just want to say that. No one. Like with the pow, bat, like Batman style and (laughs) karate thing. It's so (laughs) weird. I love it. And Brad's like, that's what I hate about it. I think pow, Batman, karate thing should be the name of our episode. (laughs) Okay, write it down. Because that's what what they do in that game. All right. Um, What else you got? So the other thing that's interesting is that uh, Blizzard CEO, uh, I didn't look up his name. Who cares? It's that one rich guy, whatever. He's a rich guy. Um, he defended uh, Diablo Mortal's microtransactions, and now, well, if I read that article to anybody, they're gonna people are gonna be like, "Screw that guy! What the hell is he talking about?" Mike Ibarra, and uh, I actually agree with him because I read his article. Most people don't read articles nowadays, which sucks. Um, all we need is the headline. All he needs is the headline. But if you read in there, he's talking about how ninety nine percent of everything in that game is without having to pay any money. And he's right. And he also said, because they have user data, they're the freaking developers of the game. Sure. He's like, tons of people are playing this game and not spending any money. And they're completing the game and they're getting to end game and they're stopping maybe. That's what I'll do. But they're not like disgruntled and mad the whole way and paying money and getting, you know, taken advantage of. And so he just like did a whole article about it. And I think it's good that he did that because it's, it's true. Now, their monetization model, like I have to say every episode, is stupid and fucking terrible and predatory, but you don't have to use it. 
And I think that he was just saying that in this article, and people were, of course, like, just jumped down immediately. Sure. How'd you defend that, blah, blah, blah. But everything in the article I was reading, I was like, yep, that makes sense. Like, people who were trying to, like, show how bad it was and spent money on it, they made them money. They didn't have to do that, you know, a lot of YouTubers and stuff. But I just think it's interesting because he's like, no, this is, it's, you don't have to pay money, dude. I mean, whatever, dude. Like, I didn't read this article, but like, I mean, this is the same stuff that you hear all the time with, with free to play. I mean, if you're going to do a free to play game, you have to expect monetization because games aren't free. Like, even free games are not free. Someone's got to make these games. Someone's got to do the updates and someone's got to do the fixes and the patching. Like, that costs money. Those people need to eat. Those people need to pay rent. Those people have families and lives. Like, so like it's, it's, it always kind of pisses me off that people will like get upset when someone hands you a game for free and then they're, oh, but there's monetization. Well, of course there is. Like you think Mikey Barra, the, the, the dude at Blizzard is like, I'm just going to dump $50 million into this as a gift to the community. And we're not going to like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, and like, you know, like that's just how it goes. I mean, even Marvel Puzzle Quest, the game I've been playing for like eight or nine years, like it's free to play, but it got monetization. Just take it for what it is, and if you don't like it, then move the fuck on. Like it's it's very simple. The only thing I'll say to the devil's advocate or whatever the the, the majority of people bitching about it is, the only thing that they're that I think they're right on is that because it's such a bad system, because it's not like cost effective. Let's put it that way, right? Like if you want some cosmic cosmetic stuff, you can probably pay a cheap amount for that because I saw that in the store. Mm. But if you want like you know PvP end game whatever all this kind of legendary gem bullshit then it's way too much money. If if they would have made it less money, right, and not this kind of really over-the-top prices, I think they would have made more money because more people would have been like, oh, it's not that bad. And, you know, like you said, it's like every other free-to-play. That makes sense. And I think they would just made money hand over fist. But because they made it so, like, impossible to get something cool, then I think they just fucked up like that. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, it's all about, I mean, there's monetization is a thing when you talk about free to play, but there's also, like you said, like, like, make it make sense. Like, do you want to have just like five whales buying your thing and nobody else buying it? Or do you want like a million sales if you cut the price in half or whatever? So, I mean, like, maybe they're going to tweak it. Maybe they're going to change, you know, maybe they're going to adjust things or, or whatever, you know, like it's not set in stone. So they're free to do whatever. I mean, if, and if people as they are, are mad about it, then they should, adjust things or maybe it's fine what is it who knows maybe they got enough sales um you know like every once in a while there'll be like something come through in puzzle quest where it's like oh you like this one character and here's a costume and it's like uh it's like 80 dollars or something and i'm like oh my god like what like who's paying for that um so you know and then i'm all, i say the same thing you just said well if that was 20 dollars, i'd go for it but 80 dollars, no right way. and like you don't want my 20 dollars? and maybe they don't i don't know maybe who maybe it's working out they're a rich company. They know what they're doing. Maybe they're get, making enough money. Who knows? I know. Because, like, like, again, I don't care about what they want um, me to, to, to care about, which is, like, PvP, you know, and, like, even Endgame stuff. Again, I can talk about this because I am level 55 now. Um, you said 60 was the end of it? 60 is end cap, I, I think. So yeah, 60 is the limit, maybe. And um, so I can definitely talk from experience. <clears throat> and I haven't spent any money. But, like, I can't see what I'd even want to spend money on those better gear for because I'm just fighting the enemies. I'm not fighting PvP. So, anywho, okay. <clears throat> That's my two cents about that. I just right. kind of weirdly agreed with him. Uh, and then this is for you. This is a gift. This is, there's not just boxes in here that look all smelly and stuff. I love gifts, yes. This Wipe is a gift for Wipe you. First. Well, this one's not smelly. Okay. <clears throat> it's got a bow in it. I'll take out the bow. So, uh, a friend of mine, John Riggs, on YouTube. You know John? 
you've mentioned him before. Yeah, he's awesome. He's uh, really a lot into the Seattle retro gaming scene. That's how I found, I found him, and he's got his own YouTube channel. Checks out a lot of uh, retro stuff. He makes game stuff. It's really cool. Anyways, he uh, has a video up right now of all the kind of really cool games for Playdate. Oh, that would be awesome. So oh, I'll, okay, you great. should check out his video, but I'll say tell you a couple right now on the show so people listening could hear. Okay. Because last episode we were like, there's not much out for it. Yeah. Um, so here's just a quick rundown, and you can look at it later, uh, Brad, after the show. Uh, Puppergeist looked like an old school adventure game, like okay. old school, like Atari almost style, but really fun. Uh, Pop Pop was a, a fish crank game, like you know you, you do fishing but with the crank. Gotcha. And that makes gotcha. sense, right? That's the crank. Sure, that's a natural. Um, there's toilet paper cat where you use the crank to like the little cat like knocks all the toilet paper off. As they do. And I thought that'd be cathartic, you know, kind of cathartic game. Uh, there's Bomber Panda, which is like Bomberman. Okay. These are all on itch.io and either free or really cheap. Um, and then one was like uh, Missile Command that you also use the crank, and it really seemed like it made sense. Okay. Uh, strategy. Dragon Hunt and Dragon Hunt Adventure, again, it looked like an old school RPG, like really, really old school, little simple characters on the screen. Uh, and the last one was Plunge, moving out objects through alarm wires. I think it's called Plunge. So you, you're trying to steal things from a place, and you take the object in like 3D space, and you've got to move it through the alarm wires mm. so it doesn't touch them, you know? Hmm. But you're using your crank. Cool. See, all those made sense uh, to me, and so there are some out there. All right. I will definitely definitely have to look those up because i got to be honest with you. I haven't touched the Playdate since I talked about it last time. I like was disappointed with those games, and I didn't want to go to all the hassle of going to Itch and buying some stuff and downloading and then going to the side-loading thing and doing all that. I was like, man, whatever. And, in fact, I haven't even cashed in my other two games because you get two games a week. Mm. from playdate themselves i kind of just like put it down i just like forgot about it dude like i was like whatever i got other stuff to play so now that you've reminded me i will have to go to the i'm gonna um if you send me the list or that link or the video or whatever i'll check it out yeah and i'll go and uh maybe i'll download some of those we'll see because i i feel like i bought the thing i feel like i should probably use it a little bit yeah and i think what it does well especially if you're like um I, i know you don't go go anywhere but when people are like you know on the move or on the bus or wherever you might be, um, this would be great for that. Cause it's so, like you said, it's so small, super portable. I think yeah. of like, remember the, what was the game boy micro? Yeah. 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 That was it's too small. Par probably. With that. But it's yeah, a little bigger than that, but yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, and when I was seeing these like little adventure games and Bomberman, I was like, Oh, this is a great system for that. It seems like. So check those out. John Riggs. Uh, I like his show. Check out his YouTube channel. And my last thing is just a small box for me. It's a present for me. Self-present. Self-present in nine days. Nine days, Stray comes out. Oh yeah, I was just uh, I was just reading up on that. Yeah, looks great. Looks very exciting, and I'm I am excited for you. I've been waiting for it. I think I might have like you know debuted it here on our podcast years ago. So I don't know, like a while ago, I've been following it's this 1973. game. Nineteen seventy three. It was, it was I, August. Was a year after I was born, and uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, I I I was like, what? I want food. Oh, Stray? Stray, yes. Wait, I was talking at one? That's pretty good. That's amazing. You're a very talented child. Yeah, wait, the first word was Stray. That's amazing. That's good, yeah. I bet your mom was confused as well. Mama, mama, dada, dada, right? No. Stray. <laughs> And why did I say it like an evil demon? I don't know why you said it. That's why I mean, first words are gaga stray. You had the devil in you at that what point. What does he want? Why is he talking about stray? 
Okay, that's it. Let's push these boxes aside. Let's talk about some few games. <laughs> all right, let's talk about some actual games. I'm gonna be laughing about that one all afternoon. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this was a weird week. This was a weird week. Um, just to kind of give a preface to this episode, um, we book our games pretty far in advance. Sometimes, like when it's busy, like like uh, Q4 uh, last year or whatever. I we had like I want to say four shows in advance we had the agendas planned out because we had so many games that we had to cover and so i would like get a little spreadsheet going and i'd be like okay well this one's uh release date is this that means we need to cover it here and then here's the code for this and we were separating it out and like it was all booked up in advance just book book booked mm-hmm. um that was not the case right now there was kind of just like nothing coming out and i think we had already burned through the codes that we had had on hand and, and to be clear, I, we also buy games too. Like, oh yeah, we buy a ton. Of, I like, just didn't yeah. see anything either that I was interested. Yeah, in. I mean, exactly. Like, there was nothing we got sent. I didn't buy anything. I didn't have anything new on hand. And it's interesting because I got a million games in the backlog, right? I'm sure you probably do too, as any any person these days does. But I didn't want to pull out anything that was like. So, like, I don't know about you, but my backlog is like, I've got a bunch of stuff that I don't care about, and then I've got a smaller backlog, a backlog on top of the backlog. That are games that I'm like, I really, really want to play this game. I want to take my time. I want to go through it. I want to like savor this game. That game, that list is very small. The games I don't care about is like, it's like thousands of games long. Like I'm never going to get to those, right? Yeah. So like, I didn't want to pull out one of the good ones because I'm like, well, I'm busy this week in real life. I got a lot of stuff going. I don't want to pull out something that I'm not going to be able to focus on. Like I want to save those for when I got like a moment, you know? So I didn't pull anything out from that backlog. And I'm like, okay, so there's not a lot to talk about on the show this week, which is kind of weird because usually we're, we're bursting. So I put out a call on Twitter and I was like, hey, anybody following me or you or, or the podcast, um, you know, we have a, a unexpected, unusual, strangely light agenda this week and we've got some slots. So if anybody wants their game covered and, I, you know, I was thinking mostly like indie people would probably respond to this. I'm like, anybody send us your codes and we'll talk about them on the show. Like, let's go. We got time. So uh, a couple people took us up on it. We had um, three really good responses uh, that we we got. Two of them we're going to talk about on the show. One of them, I'm not sure what happened. The guy said he was having trouble getting codes from Steam or something. I'm not sure what was going on. So we didn't we didn't end up connecting, which was a shame because I thought his game looked pretty cool. Uh, but the people who did respond uh, were Joey Frost Peters from Stegosoft and Tim Keenan, uh, who I guess is a solo developer and he's known as Ginger Developer on Twitter. So we have those games that we're going to talk about. And, and so number one, thank you to those people for responding. That was awesome. I mean, you, you, gave, you gave us something to talk about. We're going to be talking about your games on the show. So I really appreciate that they you know, responded. That was amazing. Um, let's talk about Arafel first. That was a code that we got sent. This is a 16-bit top-down JRPG, very classic, uh, from Stegosoft. Kind of in line with the other game that we um, played and reviewed from them before. What was the name of the other one? It was Rise of the Third Power. Third Power, yep, yep. It's Evelyn Rose Hall. Who Evelyn Rose show. Hall who we love and we got to get back on the show love evelyn rose hall um but uh so we're going to talk about this just real briefly i you know as everybody knows and when we got the code joey was like oh it's a 16-bit rpg i know how you are and i'm like it kind of made me laugh right uh but i I actually i played a little bit of it and i actually thought it was pretty good the music was great the graphics are great it starts off really well it's got a really great beginning um jrpgs are not my jam and that is very true uh but i thought it it was it's pretty good like i was like okay i could play a little bit more of this so um, I didn't have the time, but we're going to go into it a little bit more. And also you, Carlos, you wanted to really, really take a deep dive on it, right? So you're going to spend some more time and bring it to the show, like in a, in a, in a greater capacity next week. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do uh, Evelyn right by the review. Yes, And yes. really go in there and play it. Um, and we, yeah, just kind of got it near the end of the time here. So uh, I'm going to go in a little bit longer with it, and then I'll talk about it next week. Okay. That sounds very fair. I'll put some more time into it also. But just as a quick first impression, uh, I mean, it gets things off on the right foot. I mean, I think the writing just was the exact amount of writing which is kind of a side note, but I have a lot of problems with people who write too much. Um, but it was great. Uh, graphics are great. Get, gets off to a great start. I was interested to see where it goes. Music was good. So very positive first impression of Arafel. It's A-R-A space F-E-L-L. Uh, I believe it's on every system, I think. I think it's on everything. Uh, and it's coming from Stegosoft. So we'll come back next week and talk more about that. Oh, real quick. On that asterisk on that. Uh, yeah. This is the enhanced edition, I believe, that came That's out. That's true. That is true. Yeah. The enhanced edition. Yeah. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, the other game that we got sent that we did get codes for was called OAOA, which I believe is on again. Off. No, no, that's not right. It's, it's on right. Again, on again, off again. Off again. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But OAOA from Ginger Developer on Twitter, Tim Keenan. Uh, this is a 2D platformer, but it's... A, what do you even call it? Like it's not platformer. Yeah, it's like a puzzle platform, I guess. N plus, if you think of N plus. Yeah, it's like kind of like an it's N that plus. Vibe. It's one of the, it's it's really cool. It's got um very kind of uh I don't know if this the premise is. I guess you're supposed to be inside a computer or something like that. And you have a little dude who is like uh just a little like a white outline, white silhouette of a guy, and he you're inside these abstract levels that are just like um kind of like neon sort of like 2d tron looking kind of a thing you're inside this virtual world and so you just run and jump and double jump and get through these puzzles there's like laser beams there's switches you got to hit to like move platforms around what what did you think of it carlos how far did you get uh level world three level something you know like it started getting really difficult yeah <laughs> and all those games that that's what happens to me i, I nope out or at least stop for a while when it goes like oh i don't even know how to do this or i'm just bad at it um, it, it's in the same terms of like, you know, Meat Boy or any yeah. other like pixel it made me think of Super Meat Boy, yeah. platformer. Yeah. Um, so I love the look and I love the music. The music was cool, too. It was Electronica, like you said, Tron, a uh, little character inside there, basically running around, getting to the goal at the end of the uh, map and then double jumping, like wall jumping. Um, you can hit switches. So you turn like lasers on and off again and stuff and then move platforms. I like that the fact that it's just kind of this floating area so anything can happen. Meaning yeah. like you'll literally be running and like a new section of the map will just show up, uh, which is interesting. It, it does feel like you're in a simulation. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Like we are in real life. We're in a simulation right now. <laughs> Jeez. Tangent. Not going to do it. Tangent. Well, I will say, uh, no, no, we're not in a simulation. It's, it's always the weirdest oh, thing. Oh, I disagree, but we can t- take that offline. Uh, or... Yeah, well, that's definitely an offline discussion. Okay. Uh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. This is kind of up my alley where it's action-based, reflex-based. The, the levels are kind of basically bite-sized chunks. You can get through them in a minute or two. Uh, the difficulty does spike, and I was playing it on my computer, I did not have my controller handy. I don't know what oh, happened. Oh, really? I think maybe my son took How'd it. How'd you even he's... survive? Well, that was what I was just about to say. I was like, so I think my, I believe my son took my controller. I got to get it back from him. Um, so I was playing it on the keyboard and I got pretty far to be fair to me. Wow. Uh, I got pretty far. But as soon as it got to like, you know, uh, you can see it coming where it's like, okay, you got to time it exactly right. Dodge these lasers. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, I got to get a controller. Um, so I think I'm probably just going to buy it on Xbox. I believe it's on Xbox also. And I was having fun. I uh, I like these kind of games because you can jump in, 
play them for a few minutes and then just jump out and you don't need to remember what the story was. You don't need to remember where you were because it's all right there. Yeah. It's all just like just like the act of playing is is what that game is all about. And I thought it was cool. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna pick it up on Xbox. So I think that was a thumbs up for me. It's a thumbs up for me too. Quick and easy. And by the way, two things. One, they sell more controllers. Buy two controllers. <laughs> what the heck's wrong with you? Um and they have those cool Nintendo ones for PC now. You yeah. Can like, well, you, you know, know, I never play anything on PC. It's like, how That's how often am I going to need a controller? Yeah, I know. Okay. I, like once a year, maybe. But I will say also, um, like these games, like you said, you just pick up and uh, pick them up and then put them down, which is great. Um, I really think that I like the music, but it reminded me a little bit of Thomas's Not Alone, right? Thomas was alone. Yes. Was alone. Just in the fact that a, a game like this, it's simple, but had a little bit of comedy. If you, yeah, if, it did. Right? The writing was pretty funny. Yeah. The little characters like flying around and like you know doing the tutorial with you. Like the first time you die, they're like, I, I won't tell anybody you did that. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I looked away. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And then I died like seven more times in a row. It was like the first jump. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if that shows up more later because I in like World Three there was no more talking, and I hope that it comes back because that was like a nice you know uh, addition to that kind of a game. Yeah, nice little seasoning on top of that. I agree. I think that was cute. I think at one point I died, and the guy and the the writer or the voice or whatever was like. You know, I'm ready to move on whenever you're ready. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, pretty funny. I'll so be I, over I, here. Exactly right. I think the music was great. I think the graphics were perfect. Just real simple and basic, but they worked. And I got to say, just hats off to the motion, because if you're going to do a puzzle platformer, it has to feel good. And this one definitely feels good. I felt like the momentum, inertia, the jumping, I felt like it was all in point. I felt very comfortable with it, which is not the case with some of these. So I did not feel like I was fighting controls, which is uh, a big Point of praise from me. So good job, Tim Keenan at Ginger Developer on Twitter. OA OA uh, is pretty cool. I'm gonna play some more of it on Xbox whenever real controller. And we will talk about Arafel in greater detail next week. But it's off to a really good start. There you go. Uh, give us the games and we'll talk about them. That's how it works. There you go. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just keep hogging the podcast here for a minute because I just have one quickie to talk about. I was uh, sent a code for a game called Gum Plus on the Switch. Uh, it's a Super, super basic looking, like real basic. The characters are just like a couple of pixels, uh, real basic graphics uh, puzzle game. And I, I was kind of struggling about I, I wasn't even sure what kind of game it was. And as the game begins, uh, you are a living piece of gum that was brought to life by some rando wizard. Hmm. The wizard disappears before the game begins. And then you, I guess you're going to go find him, I suppose. There's not a lot of story in this game. There's like no tutorial. There's like no very basic. Like there's no options or anything. It's like you just start playing the game. Um, your guy, like I said, is like five pixels high. He's kind of like this blobby dude, which makes sense if you're imagining what a chewed up piece of gum would look like. And and how this works is it very quickly becomes evident that it's like really strict like logic puzzles. So you're gum and you're sticky. So what happens is you'll get to an obstacle. You'll smush yourself on top of it or beside it or whatever. You touch it. It sticks to you and then you can pull or push it or move it somehow by sticking yourself to it. So like all the puzzles are blocks that are like in your way. And so you're like, okay, I need to stick myself to this. And then which way do I move to move this thing? But of course there's other blocks, right? So like you move this block, it hits another block. Okay. That's not going to work. I need to figure out which direction I should push this one. Which one do I push first or pull first? And then, you know, like it's, it becomes that kind of a puzzle game really quickly where it's about moving blocks and moving obstacles in a very tight space in order to progress through each one. Each level is pretty small in size, uh, as this game is pretty small in general. It's a neat idea. 
And I think it does what it does well, but I'm going to just full disclosure, my brain struggles um, with this kind of logic puzzle. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it is about it, but I'm just, I'm just personally not great at these. And I felt like, like in contrast to OAOA, which we just talked about, that one is kind of my jam where I'm like, it's about timing. It's about jumping. It's about that kind of spatial relationship. I can do that one. No problem. And I enjoy the challenge. But when it came to gum plus, that's a different kind of challenge. And my brain was like, nope, can't do this. And I got stuck pretty quickly. Ha ha ha. Oh, pun intended. Pun intended. Um, But I think it's good at what it does. If you are the kind of person who enjoys those kind of puzzles where you're like moving blocks around an environment. um, I don't know. What is the Sokoban? It's not exactly a Sokoban puzzle, but it's kind of like a Sokoban puzzle. If you know what those are, the Japanese box moving puzzles. If you like those, this is definitely a recommendation for you then. Um, I'm I can't do those. My brain doesn't do those. So this is not a criticism of the game. This is just me saying this is not for me. Yeah. But I think it is cute and I think it's it's great for what it does. Good fit for the Switch. So if you want spatial moving around puzzles I, and, and you want to be a living piece of gum, which I can honestly say I think this is the first time I've ever done that in a video game, <laughs> uh, Gum Plus is your jam. Uh, and for an old school callback, if you remember Boxy Boy... Oh, yeah, way back in the day, sure. And there are many other games like that, but that's yeah. the one I played, and that gives me uh, vibes of this game. And I said the positive thing is that because you are gum, I'm looking at the trailer, you can like pull back the move so you don't like yes. mess up for good, which a lot of those games do that, where you're, like, you like just have to restart the whole level. Oh, yeah, they, I forgot to mention that. I apologize. Yeah, you can just you can undo all your moves. So like if you fuck up once or... You go left instead of right or up instead of down. There's a button. You can just like redo und- redo all your moves and just go back all the way to the beginning if you want to. So they, they definitely want you to experiment and play with it, which I, I really appreciate. Yeah. Also, the overview map, like the overworld map, looks like mm-hmm. Ultima, like old school Ultima, which totally I like. Totally looks like Ultima, yeah. yes. So I don't know. I don't, it's kind of cool. I think I'm with you, though. My brain doesn't get those puzzles. And so it would just be sad. <laughs> I would just yeah. fail a lot. If you're the kind of person that likes those, I think this is a great one, but I am not that kind of person. So I'm going to shake hands with Gun Plus, and I think we're going to go our separate ways. But it was a but it was a fine meeting. Why would you shake hands? That's going to be all sticky. Ah, I got some sanitizer. It's fine. All right. All right. Uh, over to you, Carlos, for Mini Maker Make a Thing. Yeah, we've got this code, I think, a little while ago, a couple weeks yeah, ago. Maybe. Yeah, we're li- yeah, I mean, two, three weeks ago. And uh, it was on my back burner. It was on my Steam um wow what a really neat game uh mini maker basically is a game where you're making things uh there's so many games that are similar i'm trying to think of another one uh it has vibes with the whole style and aesthetic of like WarioWare or like anything like colorful nintendo um vibes of like donut world which i love um a lot of these just just really weird but colorful games like it feels like a nintendo game in that way and a lot of you know little characters are like telling you what to do and you start the game and there's in the middle of the screen there's like a 3d object that you can you know i'm playing on steam so i'm just using my mouse for everything i think that's the way that they want you to play it um it works really well with the mouse and you know you right click and you kind of move the object around in 3d space so you can see all of it and it's just this weird kind of abstract figure thing and then you have on the left side you have like your little drawer of stuff that you can put on it so you like pick it, pick something you want to put on it, like an arm or something, and bring it over. And then you can rotate the arm and put it to where you're supposed to do. And then you glue it to the object. So you're like you're like put you're assembling something in 3D space, right? Yep. And it's just like a bunch of like like random parts, or is, can you make the parts, or what? Is there a theme to it? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because it's a kind of like um, 
I don't want to say card game, but you like collect things. So as you're playing the game and like making something, like your first thing you make, right, in the tutorial level, uh, you like random like little uh, icons and like colorful things will fly on the screen. And if you click them or move your mouse by them, you get them. It's kind of like an action game at that time. And then when you get those things, they're things like extra colors or money or okay, like credits so you expand and stuff. your repertoire as you go. Yeah. Then. So you have like a, you start with a little shelf of stuff and then it just tells you how to do it. And then you get like spray paint so you can color it and stuff. And then even other weird like animated things that go on the bodies and stuff. And then you finish it. And then they have these little characters, again, very similar to South WarioWare, um, where these little characters like looking at your design and being like, hmm, I don't know. I've seen better, you know? And they're like <laughs> lightly judging it. Um, lightly judging. <laughs> and then you go to the overworld map. And in the overworld map, you can do different things like get pro tips, like uh, click around on the overworld map, get tips, get talk to a sh- go to the shop and buy things with all those credits you got. Um, which, you know, just today I bought like a bunch of swords, you know, like cool, like weapons that you can put in the hands of, and you know, characters you make. And then you have like a quest, like one of them's like make a donut mascot. And so they give you a donut shape and then you, hey, that's probably why I thought of Donut County. Um, is that what I called it earlier? Donut, donut County? World is what you said? I, it's Donut County is what I meant. Okay. Uh, a great game, people. So yeah, you get this donut and then you've got to like do whatever you want to it. You can make, you know. And I don't know how they're judging it. I don't know if the, 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 you know, that's an important part of this game. I haven't got to that yet, but it just seems fun to do. And I think it's just all the accoutrement and all the stuff around it that makes it really fun because the act of making something, it's fun, but it's the fact that you're like, keep collecting things as you make stuff. Yeah. And like, as I'm spray painting something, because I'm spray painting, things start flying on the screen, you know, and I go pick up some new stuff. So it's a really good hook. Because you just like, I keep making things and they're weird and I want to make something new, but then I keep getting stuff that gives me more ability to make stuff. Uh, so a perfect little game. Uh, I think it's amazing for younger people. I think it's anybody could get into it, though, because I was stuck on it. But it definitely seems like it would be great for kids to just be like, I want to make something, you know. Right on. And then, yeah, like I like that they give you topics. Like the last one I just did was like make a skateboard character. And so they give you a character that's half made, you know, just one leg, you know, and a torso and like they're on a skateboard. Right. And then right. you got some direction. In case yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Know yeah. What you yeah. want to make. Yeah. I like that. So question for you. So this sounds really interesting and I kind of dig these. This reminds me um, way back. I want to say like in the PS2 era, early days of PS2. There were actually a string of like maker games that were like this where you could draw a shape mm. and the PS2 would animate the shape and you would use those shapes to like put them together on like a torso. Like you could draw an arm and a leg and you could make like all sorts of like robots or dragons or monsters or random stuff or whatever. There was like a slew of those games. Um, very uh, honestly amazing for the technology at the time. Uh, and we haven't seen anything like that in a while. It's kind of that's what's making me think of it now. So I in in those games though, when you made your thing, then you took it out into a world. There was like some um, I don't want to say open world, but like you know levels you could run around in. You could do some combat. You could do some stuff. Is there like a world? Like do you make a thing and then take it somewhere, or do you just? Is it mostly just about like using this creation interface? Yeah, it's just making things. Okay. I, I like that style too. That was really interesting. That's a different type of game. Uh, a lot of times those things were platformers and stuff, and you yeah, take yeah, your yeah. weird character, and sometimes it wouldn't work because the physics were weird. It would often not work, yeah. yes. Um, but no, this is just like the act of doing it. And again, okay. I thought I'd be bored like in a second, to be honest. I was like, oh, I'll make a thing, and I'll be done. But what they did in the interface, 
this is the again the importance of UI design and just like collectability is you just keep wanting to make things because one it's a challenge right it's kind of a challenge because they go like well this is the thing you're working with and it's not just like make anything because sometimes if you could see, you know I do this with my comedy if I can make any sketch tonight which I probably have to uh, and I don't have a like direction. And it's really difficult. It's really tough. You need something to go on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why this is like, oh, no, to do this. And you're like, okay, cool. And then the overworld map really helps because it makes you feel like you're progressing. It's so cool. I can't believe how, like, yeah, it came out of nowhere. I mean, it sounds like a great a great combination of creativity and also, um, like you said, direction, guidance, or kind of like, you know, goals to shoot for. You know, it's funny because this kind of reminds me of my son. My son likes to play a lot of games like these. Maybe I'll recommend this to him. but. Um, you know, like if he gets into like a mode where he's got creative mode, where he's got access to like everything, Mm -hmm. he'll play it and he'll have fun, but then he'll, he'll like, whatever it is, he'll like, he'll stop pretty quickly. But, but if there's goals, if he's working towards something, I notice he'll stick with it a lot more. Like he's got some direction, like you said. And I think that for, you know, I mean, if you want a free, free creative mode, go for it. But I think there's also something to human beings where we like to work towards something. We like to check things off of lists. We like to you know, feel like we're accomplishing something in some way. So that's a pretty smart move. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. I will say one con. Okay. We're, we're honest on this podcast. Um, so when you uh, pick an item to put on the, the, the body or whatever you're working on, you left click it to glue it together to the object. But if okay. you hold down the mouse button, left click, it glues it more, like pushes it in further. Like, so like say, sticks it inside the thing? Yeah, or like say you want something, but it's like too long, and so you want to make it like a little shorter by sticking inside the body a little bit, you know? It's really, it's kind of a weird thing. Anyways, I like messed up, and I was doing the skateboard character, and I put the leg on, but then I just glued it too long, and it went right outside the other body, you know, part of the body. Mm. So it looked whack, and I couldn't undo it. And it I don't... weird there wouldn't be an undo. There must be one. I know. Developers going to listen to this, hopefully. Uh, hi, I like your game. Um, but I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Cause I thought I could just be like, Oh, I messed up. I'll just reverse it. But it was just stuck like that. And I was like, I don't, I'm not happy with this. Oh man. You know, the developers out there going, Oh my God, I spent so long with the undo button. It's right there. How it's right there. The or, right there? or it isn't there. And they, we could add it maybe. Cause I did click around a lot. I cannot see a damn undo. All right, well, That's the only thing. But other than that, it's really fun. That sounds like easily fixable and it may even be in there. Who knows? Yeah, it probably is. I'm dumb. All right, that is Mini Maker Make Thing right on. That sounds like a good time, actually. I would, I would like to play something like that on, uh, on console. Uh, okay, let's talk about. Let's circle back. Let's circle back. We're gonna, we're gonna turn around, turn this car around. We're gonna go back in time, way back in time to last week. Wow. When we were talking, <laughs> I know it's a long trip. When we were talking about Ano Mutation. Nope. Mutationem. 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 Developers. Mutationem. Do me a solid and like, please make it so that we can pronounce your. I think I got it. Mutationem. Mutationem. I mean, that's it. You probably do, but just from a marketing perspective, like you can't have people stumble over your name. It's really hard to remember. It's a really poor title for a game, which I think is pretty, pretty awesome, actually. Let's call it Uh, Anno. Anno. Anno Mutationem. Yeah. Uh, so you brought it to the show last week out of nowhere. Uh, you loved it. You sold me on it. And 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 just like I said, after the show, I ran. I didn't walk. I ran upstairs <laughs> and I bought it on PlayStation. I think it's on PlayStation and PC. Downloaded it, started playing. I'm like, whoa, this game's great. Carlos was right. 
And uh, I said it just like that, too. Yeah, yeah. And then I played it for like the next like two or three days. And I think this is probably a good time for us to circle back and just talk about it some more. Pimp it a little bit more and see where we're at. So, Carlos, since you were the one who brought it to my attention and brought it to the show, do you want to go first on the check-in? Yeah. And uh, to that point, after you bought it, again, uh, telling the full story, we were like DMing that night, you know, we just were. like talking about it. Uh, and I was like, did you get to this part? Did you get this part? And you're like, oh, yeah, I did. It's awesome. Um, I think what they really do interesting that I was DMing you about is that, yes, it's a platformer. Um, but again, it has open world stuff where you're going in a 3D space. But then it goes to a platformer kind of action game. Uh, and then it kind of, you know, seamlessly goes between those two. But when it does that action-y, platform-y stuff, they'll do cutscenes, And those cutscenes are like, I don't know why, but really perfect. Like they're, they're really, really good. They're really yeah. good, and they'll 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 kind of zoom in on the space that you're in to do like a cutscene there. Then they'll cut to another like scene, totally almost like anime style. And one time I jumped off a building. You remember that scene? And you jump off a building, and it just kind of like goes into a cutscene. Yep. Yep, uh, yep. And it just all felt so good. Like every time I was just here by myself, going like, "Really? Oh my goodness, that's awesome too!" It just everything's so fun about it, but. And I really like the action. Like, I just got so much more into, like, um, you know, you upgrade yourself. So I got, like, a double jump now. Uh, you got the double jump, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just, you know, the different abilities, like the big sword that mm -hmm. is, like, super slow but super powerful. And uh, just so many different moves that kind of open up as you do your skill tree. And the story, I just, everything I like about it. There's so many side missions. We were talking about the one of the first side missions is a murder mystery thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still didn't solve it yet, but I think you're not supposed to solve it in the beginning. And you were talking to me about like oh, I'm, I got to move on because I can't get it. I don't no, think you're you gotta, supposed you to solve it right there. You are supposed to. You really? I looked it up. Yeah, I couldn't take it. I looked it up. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, because so, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Put okay. a pin in that for because, a second. I will say this though, because I solved the other mystery of who was throwing things off the balcony or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. And that one took a minute to come back to and stuff. So I thought maybe like other ones would have to be like a little bit longer. But um, okay, you can tell me how that that ends. But in general, love it. Uh, I haven't beaten it yet. I kind of don't want to. I remember you you text me. You're like, "Hey, did you beat it yet?" I'm like, "No." And then I thought about it. I was like, "I don't really want to yet." You know, because I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, in the sense of you don't want it to end. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't. The only con that I'll say real quick, and then you can go, is that um, the Lost in Translation stuff is a little bothersome. How so? You mean the English translation? Yeah, it's a little off sometimes. Because you get invested in this character, you know? Yes, yes And you yes. get invested in all these side characters. And I really like the setup with your dad's a robot. And these are not spoilers. This is the beginning of the game. And just, you know, your brother and all this kind of stuff. And then, like you hear a dialogue thing and you go, well, that doesn't make much sense. I don't know if there, that, yeah. if you, if you encounter much of that, but I have, there are a few. Yeah. There's a few parts where I'm like, what? And then the English translation is slightly off. And I think also in terms of the overall story, there's a few places that could use a little bit of clarification that probably, you know, a good editor could come through and be like, we're going to punch this up and this, this, and mm. this. So, you know, as an editor, that's what I, what strikes me anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with everything you said, you know, for it, it's, it's like 2d action with the pixels, but I, we have to just pause for a minute on the graphics because, okay. So I got a lot to say about this. Number one looks fucking amazing. I love the way it looks. It's mm. pixel, pixel art graphics, which I already like to begin with, but it's super stylish and it's colorful 
it's bright. It's like a cyberpunk world, but they don't lean too far into just everything being dark, dark, dark all the time. Like they kind of there's 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 comedy, there's um, personality to the characters as you go through a street or something like there's all sorts of different folks. Also, I don't know this for a fact. I could be wrong, but I feel like the artists are probably I feel like they probably make a lot of uh, NSFW stuff on the side. Really? Because, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like they probably do. Because as you go through, I mean, a lot of the characters, uh, female characters, are pretty uh, attractively drawn. Let's just say, and that's not enough as of a signal on its own. But then I don't know if you did the side quest um, with the with the corn guy. Did you meet the corn guy? I met the corn guy. I did the fight. Yeah, there was nothing NSFW. About I don't know that. if you remember, but like, uh, there's so like a um, a ring girl comes through before each fight. And that was just like, oh, dude, fat material. Are you kidding me? Like, what is going on? Mm. Like, it was a very uh, I actually took a screenshot of it because it kind of blew me away that they that it was in the game. And I was very surprised by it. Um, uh, maybe I'll post a picture later. Maybe I won't. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I feel like I bet these guys do some real naughty pictures for other games. That That is my sense. I, that's the, the vibe I get from this, which well, is fine. Well, I'm you, totally fine with that. Yeah. You, I mean, you're, they do have different outfits for her. So that they do, and is some interesting. Of them are pretty, some pretty are a little sexy. bit. Yeah. So I, if anything, though, and this is pun intended, uh, it's a light touch. Very light touch. Yeah. And this yeah. is not this is not a porn game. No. This is not an adult game in any sense. This is fine for everybody. But just... I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm getting that vibe of like, okay, I get, I get what you're doing. I see what's going on here. They're pushing the envelope a little bit, but this is a, it's a totally fine game. Um, side note. Okay. Off the side note. Uh, I, but I love the, the, the art graphics in general. I love the, the action it feels really good. feels really tight. Like the combat, the dodge rolling, the shield, big sword, little sword gun. Like it's all there and it all feels very tight and controlled and very tuned. I enjoy that very much. Um, I, I, I think everything about it is really great and I'm really enjoying it. I got busy this week. I actually was hoping to finish it before the show so we could talk about the ending, but you didn't finish it. I didn't finish it either. I just, just life caught up with me this week, uh, but I will go back to it like later today. But I will say one thing that I don't like about it, because as you said, we are honest on the show. Uh, everything everything uh, has something wrong with it. Um, the side quest. I don't care for the side quest at all, which is which is suck because like you i kind of don't want this game to end and i'm like okay like i like this a lot i want to do all the side quests because that means i'll get to play this game for longer which is exciting because i'm really enjoying this game but these side quests are kind of garbage dude i don't care for them very much the very first one is a murder mystery it was really um unclear about what was going on especially because you you meet that side quest very early in the game when you're still learning what the game is yeah and so at that point i wasn't sure like what are my abilities what i did i didn't know like what the developers wanted me to do like we didn't have that, that trust established yet right and so i wasn't sure what was possible what was not possible what i should be doing do i need to come back later do i do this now i don't know like it was it was too soon for a quest that was abstract as that and when I solved it by by uh, the power of the internet, I was like, okay, this sucked. That was not good. Um, the content of it was really strange too, and they don't ever talk about it again, which is also really really strange. Um, the next couple side quests are just kind of like random, and I, you know, maybe some people disagree with me, but like, I just want like a little marker, and I want to go and do the thing, and do the thing, and be done with it, check it off, and move on. I don't like searching, like blindly searching for things. And there's a couple where I'm like, I just didn't know where to go. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, not a fan of that. And uh, I think one of them, I looked it up because I couldn't solve it. I think one of them just depends on getting a random drop from enemies that you have to fight. But there's no way to know 
where to fight and which enemy has the drop. And so I'm like, this sucks. So like, I don't think the side quests are very good. I haven't found any really, really good side quests so far. Um, but the main game is great. I love the main game. Um, I think I may end up just like mainlining it because I'm tired of these, these crappy side quests. But I, I love the combat. I love the graphics. I love the the action, the pace. And, and, and to your point about the cutscenes, I think what makes the cutscenes so great is because the developers are taking a minute to say, how can we punch this up? They give you like like camera angles they they tilt things they pan the camera a little bit they give all the cutscenes some energy which i think a lot of developers don't do like you just get this usual side-on view of two people talking which is the most boring fucking cutscene in the world but this one they're like you know they'll do like an upshot or they'll do like a side shot or they'll do uh, a sweeping camera and it just really highlights the action and even though it's 2d pixels like it gives it a very like high energy feel which makes it seem yeah exciting and like things are happening which is a really great technique i would love for more people to copy that technique yeah i just it's so crazy how something so simple pops up in this game and i go that's super cool way to do that you know what i mean yeah yeah, Um, exactly and and to that point real quick kind of to the story stuff i agree with you on the side missions being a little whack i also agree with you like being lost which i hate um i don't want far cry with everything having a marker but for these kind of games, it's such a small thing, and you only have like what twenty five side missions. Yeah, just mark them because yeah, just do it. Let's just do them because right now, yeah, I probably will finish the game and not finish the side missions because I don't want to go looking. Um, if they're in the same location, sometimes they are. That's cool, like where you're already going. But the other thing I'll say that I like a lot too is, uh, and this is a minor spoiler, or whatever. But you go to a place at some point outside of the city. You got there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a whole little class of people are there, you know? And they're like... Yeah, it's cool. Living off the land. And again, that's what this game does well. Every time I go to a new section, I'm surprised. I'm like, that's cool. That's a cool way to describe this, you know, section of the city and these people that live there. And even though some of it's lost in translation, it works still. So, uh, yeah, still love it. The world building. World building is really great. I think their approach... Like, everything about this game, like, when you look at the, the aspects of this game, it's like, okay... On paper, this game is nothing special. But when you're actually playing it, the way that they put it together and the, the approach they're doing, the camera angles, the cutscenes, like your like the open world sections, I think are pretty surprising. Going to a different part of the world and seeing what's there and what they've illustrated there. Like everything about this, these developers are really taking a fresh approach. I feel like they're really re-examining what they're doing. And even though they're not reinventing the wheel, how they're doing it is interesting, is exciting, is different. And it really shows that with a little creativity and elbow grease, you can really deliver a fucking firecracker product just by putting some spin on it. And I feel like that's exactly what they're doing here. Like, this is a very surprising, very unorthodox game, even though when you tell somebody about it, like, oh, yeah, it's 2D action or whatever. Like, it doesn't sound special on paper, yeah, but it is absolutely special in your hands. And also, like, again, those systems. There's so many little systems in the game. Yeah. And, uh, I, it, again, small touches. Um, I, I uh, tweeted a picture of this or a GIF of it or something. Um, of this little moment. And it's like, again, kind of um, a quick uh, synopsis of what this game is like, where I went into this like laundry room somewhere and there was like a TV on and there was a remote control. So I changed the channels. And, yeah, just little. And little there things. were little channels. There were different yep. things. And with yep. audio, full audio, like a commercial that had full audio and many scenes. It wasn't just one picture, you know? Yeah. Like those little things keep popping up. And I'm like, what the hell? This is so cool. So. Just talking about it on this podcast, I'm going to play it tonight and 
you know, try to mainline it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get back to it. I, I definitely want to finish it. I for sure want to finish it. I feel like it's worth the effort and time. I'm really enjoying it so far. So, um, Anno, Anno Mutation M. Nope. I'm playing it on PlayStation know. 5. You're, you're, <laughs> what did you just say? Mutation M? Whatever. Okay. Oh, God. I, they need to give it a different title. Mutation M. Mutation M. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. You're on PlayStation as well, right? I'm on PlayStation. It's also on PC. I think it's PC and PlayStation only. So check it out. Check it Good out. Stuff. All right. Let me talk for a minute about uh, the strange journey I went on this week. Back for Blood. Did you play Back for Blood? Back in the day. No, no. It's it's new. It's pretty new. Back for Blood is not new. Yeah. It's, it's like last what year. What the hell? You're thinking of Left for Dead. No, I know. I thought I was thinking about Black for Blood. What's going on? Wait. It's not, it's not old. Is this the, am I in the, uh, what's it called? The, um, what's the thing where everything's kind of different? The Berenstain Bears. Um, I don't know. Are you in the upside down right now? Did no, no. Um, what is it called? The Mandela effect. Is that happening to me right now in real time? I don't know what you're talking about. What is that? Well, you don't know the Mandela effect? No. What is it? Oh, it's too long for this podcast. Anyways, it says that at some point we shifted and our reality is different than the one that we originally started in because... Okay, I'll blow your mind for a second. Of Nelson Mandela? No, the Berenstain Bears. The Berenstain Bears. Remember them? The, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, sure. What, what was the name of them again? Yeah, the Berenstain Bears, sure. Yeah, it's not that. It's not the Berenstain Bears. It's the Berenstain Bears. No, I mean, well, so what does that have to do with anything? Because we all remember it as the Berenstain Bears, and it's not. And it never was. Which means that as Mandela effect is, certain little things that people start uh, finding are different than we remember them. Uh, the other one is uh, Forrest Gump. What does the guy say? What does Tom Hanks say about the box of chocolates? You never know what you're going to get. Um, wait, hold on. I want to look this one up because I want to get it wrong. Forrest Gump. Is that not Mandela. what you're talking about? The, the okay. chocolate quark? Yeah, that quote? is the one. I just want to make sure I get it right. Um, so he says life. Uh, what Life's he... like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Okay, so let me look at it right now. Hold on. We're going to do this real time. Okay, real time. Investigative journalism. Really exciting. This is very exciting. Imagine Carlos like running down a hall, like with a stack of papers in his hands. He's got to go check like in the in the hall records. I'm checking a VHS tape right now. Here we go. Wait, listen. This this could send our, our investigation into a whole new direction here. He says, do you want a chocolate? He could eat a million and a half of these. Are you watching the movie yeah. in real time right now? Hold on. Oh, my God. He's watching, watching Forrest Gump. Pause the podcast. Hold on. So we can Hold on. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, life is like a box of chocolates, right? Yeah. What? I, I thought... I'm failing this one. I thought it was no, not no. that, and now I'm really confused. Life, so what is well, Nelson Mandela? Here it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. Life is like a box of chocolates, or was it life was like a box of chocolates? I mean, who cares? What's the difference? It's It, it was life was like a box of chocolates. That doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't seem right. I think that's But wrong. that is it. I just watched it in the movie. I just maybe watched the VHS tape. Maybe he just it. mispronounces. No, it okay. didn't. So, anyways, this is this is really boring for our listeners. We got to move on. I don't. I would disagree. It's the Mandela effect, and you're the only one who doesn't know about it. <laughs> well, that's because I'm in the alternate universe. <laughs> that's right. I'm telling you about it because you wouldn't know. And back to scene is back. To back scene. for blood. I thought it was the Mandela effect because I thought that that game came out a long time ago. See what I'm saying? I mean, I I don't think it's a long time ago. I think it's like a year, two years. Not, I mean, no more than two years, certainly. You're right. I, I just looked at 2021. That's crazy. Okay. It's like last year. So are you you're thinking it's a different game? I guess I was thinking Left 4 Dead, but I, I know Back for Blood. I just thought it came out way later or earlier than this. Continue Turtle Rock Studios Back for Blood. <laughs> 
what a journey we go on. on we this did. Show. It was a, a Mandela journey effect. But journey. you never said what Nelson Mandela had to do with it. So people remember him dying in prison, and he never died in prison. He got out of prison. Oh, okay. So that so the so that's so where basically it what you're saying to circle back again in the second loop. So what the the point of this is? I'll have to look this up afterwards. I can't believe we you don't know co- it. We all collectively remember something differently than how it actually was because of. I don't know what people mis misportrayed in the news or like the quote gets gets said wrong and then people pick up the wrong version and not the right version and so we misremember the fact. Is that we either we that's the practical way or we shifted realities at some point and all these little things are like signposts that we're not in the same place. Is this back to your simulation thing again? Not really. You don't have to be in a simulation to be in a different reality, and that's another podcast. But. Man, all right, we're getting deep and philosophical. I and... love it. Hey, listen, we don't have a lot of games. I got to bring out the Mandela effect. The Mandela. Let's effect. get back right. to Back for Blood. Back for Blood. Okay, so what happened was uh, the family, me, my son, and my wife, uh, we like to play multiplayer games, but nothing was really grabbing us lately. We haven't really gotten together as a family to play anything. It's like my son and I will play Fortnite, um, and, but my wife kind of bowed out of that. She's not a Fortnite person, which is fine. My son will do like uh, a bunch of stuff that he likes that neither me and my wife like. My wife will play stuff that neither he or I like. And so we just haven't gotten together on a game lately. So we're like, you know, we, we one thing we all like is shooting zombies. We can all agree on that. So I'm like, well, you know, Back for Blood is on Game Pass. Why don't we give it a shot? That's from the same people who played Left 4 Dead. And me and my wife, like when Left 4 Dead came out back in the day, like me and my wife played a shitload of that. Like we played all, you know, the whole campaign. We did a bunch uh of just you know like we, we just really enjoyed that a lot like that was a game that she and i put a lot of time into so we're like yeah okay so same people basically from what i understand same studio um same kind of thing yeah let's do that so we download back for blood and my son likes it because to be fair he's uh 13 and he hasn't played a lot of games so he doesn't have as much experience as he or my wife have you know a lot of things are new to him which is fine mm. uh, that's not a criticism of anybody it's just a fact um, but my wife and I have been around the block several times and we start playing back for blood and I'm like, this is fucking boring as hell. This is so boring. Um, it's basically just like left for dead, except for just doesn't feel as good. There's, you know, first person shooting, you're running through levels. There's a bunch of zombies or special zombies. I mean, it's just like left for dead, but like, I mean, I kind of feel like when left for dead came out, it was a new thing mm-hmm. and it was like multiplayer and it was exciting and it was breaking new ground. That was amazing. We've come a long way since then, right? Um, and so I just didn't feel very inspired. There's also like a card system, which you activate different perks. And I got to be honest, I didn't feel like a good fit and I just didn't want to interact with it. Like the, the part of my brain that was excited by shooting zombies is not the part of my brain that's like, I want to manage a deck of cards in order to yeah. activate some perks. Like those, it just didn't fit for me in my head. And I'm like, I asked my wife, I'm like, are you doing the cards? She's like, fuck those cards. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm kind of the same way. So we just started to play in the levels, and it's just, it's just boring. Like, the guns didn't feel great. There was no markers in the map, and so often we were running around a map going, where are we supposed to go? Like, what's happening? Like, what is the, what are we supposed to be doing right now? Like, I don't get it. Uh, the characters seem kind of random. I mean, not like characters are ever a big part of Left 4 Dead, but there were a cast of characters. And, you know, I can still kind of think back and remember some of them. These ones were just like, whatever. It just, just, just none of it popped. Like, you know, my son was excited because he likes to shoot things, but... Me and my wife are like, this is just not happening. We can't, we can't play this. I want to bow out of this. So mm-hmm. my son's like, all right, cool. What else are we going to play? And I'm like, well, we all played World War Z a while ago, and we actually didn't finish it. Um, there was a new update a while back called the Aftermath update. Uh, my wife and I finished the main campaign, but when Aftermath came out, it added like basically, it like doubled the size of the game basically. Um, and we didn't go through and finish that. So I'm like, we could go back to that because I 
remember we had a pretty good time with it. Um, so we deleted Back for Blood. Goodbye to that. Never going to come back to it. We re-downloaded World War Z, the Aftermath update. And man, that game is 10,000 times more fun than Back for Blood, dude. Like, we immediately started having a good time again. Just the, the pace of it was much better. Um, like, the levels were laid out better. There was, like, map markers, and so we could figure out really quickly what we needed to do. The way that they used the zombies, like, uh, in a going back and forth between single encounters and swarms was really well done. There's, like, some amazing fucking set pieces in that game. Like, it just, like, is really fucking fun. Yeah. And it has very little to do with the movie with Brad Pitt. So if you didn't like the movie, don't worry about that. This is, like, its own thing. And just, like, within a minute, we're just like, yes, this is what we wanted. This is fun. Questing up, like, helping each other out, shooting zombies, like, fighting off a swarm, running here, unlocking stuff. Like, it was just popping. It was just popping. I'm not going to go super into it because I feel like I've talked about it before. But, like, coming back to World War Z after back for blood was like wow this game is so much better and so much more exciting and so fresh and fun and just electric and we're gonna we're gonna keep going on world war z it's really good i believe the base game is on game pass you have to pay for the aftermath update but don't pay for it first just play the base game get through the base game and see if you like it and if you like it uh the upgrade is i think 20 bucks so it's not a crazy amount because it like basically like i said basically doubles the size of the game mm -hmm. get a whole bunch of new content and it's it's really fucking fun i like the systems i like the classes it just that's a great fucking zombie game man i love world war z well um check it out but also um i think that you're gonna really like the warhammer dark tide game uh because i saw some like more gameplay on it uh skill up just did a video on it and yeah, it's yeah. definitely about multiplayer like getting together with a few people and just mowing down zombie type things, but sci-fi and like in that uh, Inquisitor world, right? Yeah, yeah, 40K yeah. In Inquisitor world. So I think you'd really enjoy that. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I don't play a lot of first person games. That's one of the things I like about World War Z is you can toggle back and forth between first and third. Oh, I didn't know I, that. Okay. Yeah, you can you can do third person, which is great because then when you do your cosmetics, you can see your cosmetics. Right. And I just like the mechanics of doing third person shooting better. That's just the way my brain works. I know that not everybody does that. Uh, but yeah, I'll check it out. If we're if it's another good group shooter, I think that's something that we can all get together. I'll check out. Uh, what you say it was dark? What is it called? Dark Tide. Dark, yeah, dark War, Warhammer Tide. Dark Tide. Dark Tide. All right, I will check out Dark Tide. But in the meantime, if you are in the in the mood for some zombie shooting, some group up action, World War Z still fucking really good. And I gotta say, I don't think enough people gave it credit back in the day. It's still really good. And if you play Back for Blood first, you're gonna you're gonna double realize how good World War Z is. So. Check it out. Check it out. All right, final game of the show. Over to you, Carlos, for Outrider World Slayer. This is a brand new update which just came out last week, maybe even less than a week ago. Uh, we got sent a code for the purpose of talking about here on the show, which we're doing right now in real time. Carlos, tell us about, I guess, remind us, number one, what is Outrider? And then talk about World Slayer. Well, it's Outriders. It's okay. Outriders. I apologize. Yeah, there's, only, there's more than one bad. of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I uh, infamously, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word for that, but I liked, uh, if not loved, Outriders. Um, it's difficult. It's a, it's a weird kind of third-person shooter that is similar to Doom and other games where they want you to be offensive. And if you're not, like, you're you're dead, you know? There's no, like, hiding undercover or any of that stuff. It's okay. like, go at the enemy, uh, and by going at the enemy, you get health back kind of thing, which I think Doom did, right? Yeah, they did that also, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole story is, is actually something that I liked a lot. It's a kind of a Mass Effect story. Like, you land on a planet, and you're, like, going to try to figure out how to survive on this planet, you know, uh, understand the history and the lore, understand what the other humans that landed there before you did. Uh, of course, 
chaos ensues because humans fight humans all the time. So there's that kind of stuff that goes on, different factions. And I beat the game. I beat the original game and had a fun time with it. There's one thing I didn't like about the original game that I also don't like about this DLC, which is it's it's got a looter shooter mentality, and you can play obviously you know multiplayer is what they want you to do. Um, I of course played the whole first game solo, of course, which, as you, which I, as I do, but which is super hard in this game because this game is like super freaking hard. But for some reason, I like I talked to you about in the show, I really got the mechanics. It is third person. Uh, the shooter and the little light melee when you get close to somebody, but it just clicked with me. Like I was in the matrix zone with this game, right? You know what I mean? Like if I took a little video, I'd be like, watch the video later and go like, how I did that? Like, yeah, holy I, remember shit. You, I remember you really got into it and I know that you were doing really well. Um, I know that that was, you were clicking with this game on multiple levels. So that was your jam. It didn't, it didn't do much for me, but I remember you were a big fan for sure. Yeah. And the thing I didn't like back then, which I don't like now, uh, which I was alluding to is the world tiers. So because it is that looter shooter thing, even though I don't believe there's any real monetization in it, it treats it like it, it's, I think I said this last time too, it's, it makes these world tiers so that you can go up in difficulty you know, and you unlock new tiers. Yeah, and yeah, because they want you to get better and better gear, of course, sure. Yeah, but I don't that that mechanism doesn't make sense to me. I feel like if I'm doing well in your game, make a baseline difficulty and let me just get gear randomly, like make the R&D or whatever it is. But you're right, like if you turn it up a notch, then you might get better gear. I just don't think that makes sense because really quick to take it apart, then the enemies are harder, right? So then I got this great gun that's just okay against the harder enemies. Right. Doesn't make fucking sense. So I was playing this DLC, which is all, again, people don't talk about this in the reviews a lot, but there's a story, just like the first game. Uh, and I actually like what they're doing with the story. It's about these, you know, beings that lived there before on the planet. And there's this really, really cool environment you go to. So I liked it for the Mass Effect story part of it. But I get to, you know, I get to so many enemies that I don't think I'm going to be, and I do somehow. And I'm like, I am good at this game. Uh, and then I get to a boss or many bosses on the screen at once and I just die. And I go, well, that seems wrong. Cause I'm, I know I'm pretty good at this game. Why am I just like eating shit every time? So I turned the world tier down mm-hmm. just by like one, right? It was like eight or nine or something. I turned it down to one, one by one. And then I beat the level and I was right. like, well, see, this is cheesy. Like, I don't want to be managing that going forward. You know, I don't want to micromanage my difficulty. So that pissed me off. Uh, that's a con. The pro is that I like the story bits and I'm going to finish it. And I, I like immediately get addicted to this game as soon as I start playing it. So that they did really well, like the shooting and stuff. It's just super fucking fun. And I'm being a, uh, what's it called in Elden Ring? Let me solo her. Like that's me in this (laughs) game. Let me solo outriders. Um, but I sure if you had friends, it'd be fun, you know, to jump in. The other thing that I cannot believe is a thing, and you're going to be mad about it too. Xbox, supposedly the best place to play games. After this, I don't know. <laughs> I load up Outriders. I have a uh, character, you know, and sitting there waiting for me. The first thing that pops up when you put, bring up the DLC, or just the game in general with the DLC installed, is I downgraded recently to Game Pass regular, right? Not Ultimate. Okay. Because Ultimate is for multiplayer and for PC, and I don't need either of those. Okay. Okay. And I, that should be my right. I should be able to do that. Sure, sure. The first thing that pops up when you load up the Outriders DLC is it the Xbox menu to join Ultimate. Oh. <laughs> now, wait, it gets worse. Okay. So you hit B you to don't close out. I don't want to do that. 
it goes to the menu and it pops up again. And, and I don't understand what's happening. And so I close it again and then it pops up again before I can get to the start button. Before I can Weird. get to the fucking start button. Yeah, I hope they're listening, by the way. People can fly, listen to this, and change the fucking thing. And we're, if it's Xbox, tell them to change it because this is ludicrous. So then uh, I say, oh, maybe they want me to like go into that menu and say no or something. So I go into the menu and I go, no thanks. You know, no thanks. I don't want Join Ultimate. Go back to the thing, move over to the mouse button to start, pops up again. What? It popped up seven times before it could start the game. Seven. Did you did it go away or did you just no, 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 push no. the button fast enough? I, I pushed the button fast enough. I hit start. I got to the lobby. It popped up again. What the hell? That sounds like a bug, dude. That sounds weird. It sounds like a bug. I, I obviously something's wrong. It's live though, okay? And no one's saying shit. I don't know how. Uh maybe enough people have ultimate, whatever. But don't fucking make me be feel bad about myself. I'm trying to play this fucking game. Uh, terrible. And every time I start it, like right now, I lament that when I start it later tonight, I got to hit, you know, B eight or nine times. That's fucking. I mean, that sounds like a that sounds like a problem. That sounds I mean, pop up once. Sure. But like eight or nine times. That sounds ridiculous. That must be some kind of a weird, you know, it sounds to me like they're the, the game is kind of doing like a server check or something and you're not right. passing it because you're not in ultimate and instead of just being like progress it just keeps looping back i wonder if there's well that sounds like a game if yeah, the game's doing yeah. the server check then fuck off don't do it that sounds like the game maybe i would i would guess well yeah, i'm gonna send this podcast to them because i a i love your game i'm one of the defenders of it you know i've liked it solo i like the story i think it's like funny and weird and dark i hate that but i'm gonna beat the i'm gonna beat the shit out of this world slayer because every time i get in this game i, I get to me like almost like dark souls you know i get like angry I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can beat this. You know, I can. They, they throw like so many enemies at you. Um, kind of, you know, so the World War Z thing, it's kind of fun to just like see if you can make it out of this thing. Right, right, right. So I really like it a lot. I'm like super excited. I just don't like the beginning of when I turn the game on. It's funny. Like, I'm listening to you talk about this game um, outside of the whole menu pop up thing. And I just like, I just have like no connection to it, like no sense of it. Like, I, I I've, I've even played this game. I, I think I played it. And I just like, it just became like this giant void for me. And I know you really like it a lot. So I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm not trying to shit talk you or anything, but like, it's just, this is just one of those games where it's like, I had no connection. It did not grab me. And it's just like, I'm actually, I was really surprised that they updated it because, um, I just, I just don't know a lot of people that are still playing or they're still interested in it. So I'm curious as to if they felt like it was really worth, I mean, they must've because this content came out, but man, like, I'm just like in my head, like when I think of Outriders, it's just like this giant void. Like it just doesn't, doesn't has no, no presence with me whatsoever, let which, me, is, which doesn't usually happen. Let me help you fill the void for a minute. And it's not, <laughs> it's not even like filling the void for you. It might not work and it might not be your game, but for the listeners. Okay. One, as you know, I make small indie games, but also I just have a lot of friends. We both have a lot of friends who are developers. When you have story and I, again, stand by, I like the story that they're telling in this original game you knew that there was more to tell. Like I finished the game and there was more to tell, you know? And so as I'm playing this World Slayers, you get some of it. It's like about these elders, these other people that were like really tall, you know, beings that weren't human and they have this whole ancient city and stuff and you're like going to check it out. So I think that's part of it, right? Why you go, why do they make more? Well, because the story's not done. The second thing is, if you think of uh, Gears of War, it's very much like that style of game, but with no cover. 
right? So that's the style. People are wondering like what it is. It's that kind of thing, run and gun and shoot a lot. But I think the what it fulfills, it's similar to that. I don't want to bring up to Left for Dead and Back for Blood like in World War Z, but where you're like you're going against all odds and you don't know if you can make it out. You know, that kind of like whatever that uh, itches, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it scratches. It's like, can I do this? Am I, you know, can I make it out of this thing? And you just never think you're gonna because I, I'm like literally have like one sliver of health left in this game. I've never told you this, but like this is how I play every stage. Like I'll have like, you know, five health, right? Like nothing left. And I, weirdly enough, am not afraid. I don't run away. I don't try to defend. I just go at the enemy and I get health back. And it like makes you feel so good. Like this, like this dopamine rush of like, I almost just died right now, but I came back. Um, yeah, so I think that's like what is fulfilling for me. Well, it definitely sounds like it scratches that itch for you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I know you're definitely I like, one I of the I do big... all that. You're like, that's great. I see what you mean for you. <laughs> I still don't think that I want to play. I mean, it makes sense. I, I, what you're saying makes total sense to me. It just like, like, like I remember playing it and thinking, oh yeah, this seems like something that'd be my jam. And it just, it just didn't connect at all. So, yeah. but you know, not every game is for every person. That's totally fine. I know uh, you're really digging it. And I mean, clearly it must be doing well enough that they brought an expansion out. So yeah. I'm sure that someone's playing it. I mean, I do, I do think it's a pretty bold move, um, not just of, of Outriders, but of any developer in general to kind of start doing the world tier thing. Uh, you know, other games do that as well. And I just think it's pretty bold because you're assuming that you think your game is going to be interesting enough that people are going to want to grind and play it multiple times to go through. That, to me, is pretty ballsy. So I don't know if that paid off for them. Um, But, I mean, here we are, and you're still playing it. So I guess guess something's working. Yeah, but I'm also saying I don't like the world tiers. So I think they could have made that game without those because, yeah, almost just on a mechanic level, and then we'll get out of here, I think that I don't see the purpose of it. And this is me just being brutally honest. Like, it's not improving any of my gameplay, you know, and it's right. not having me like the challenges in the levels and the enemies and being so able you're, to pull you're it not off. going after like you're not addicted to like the looter shooter cycle no. where you just want better, better, better stuff. I right? want better, better stuff because I'm playing the game and I want to be rewarded for playing the game and get better stuff, you know, old school Diablo or something, right? Yeah. Um, I just hate that sometimes I will bump it up tier and say, like, okay, maybe I'll get some legendary whatever. Um, but I'd rather have it like me buy it in the shop cause I earned it or I found it off a monster. So that's how I do it. I'm just not searching for them. And to that point, I think there's 40 world tiers Fuck. and I'm on like what eight are... or nine and I'm a good oh, player and I beat the game. You know what I mean? I mean, that to me sounds like crazy, like a little bit insane. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there. I, I in fact, I, I know, I know there's somebody out there who plays on world tier 40 all the time, probably yeah. has all the, yeah, you yeah. know, for no, no matter what game it is, there's always somebody who's like, that is their favorite game in the world. I mean, it can be any game. So there's probably people out there who are doing that, but that is a very specific slice of, of, of the player base. So I don't know that, I don't know, man, maybe they should have uh, broadened it up a little bit for other folks. Yeah. Level four. I mean, that's, I'm again, I'm an okay player at video games, especially this one. Cause I'm like, you know, let me solo it, you know, but if it was level 40, I just feel like it's, you're going to be a robot at that point. Like that's just robot moves, you know? <laughs> If I show you one of the things I did like last night in this game, you'd be baffled. You'd be like, Carlos, is that you? Are you sure you did that? It's like, I don't even believe I pull it off. And that's the fun of it, right? But the fact that it goes further, I'm like, no, I don't want to be a robot. Anyways. 
Anyway, all right. We're so that done. Is That's it. Check Outriders, it out. World Slayer. That is. Oh, question, real quick. Is it a free upgrade or do you need to pay for it? Do you know? I know you got a code for it. But I got a code. Know? You have to pay for it. You, you have, have to, to pay, pay for, for it. It yeah. is okay. It's, it's not, not a full price game or anything, but it's something. Yeah. Okay. All right, there we go, folks. That is our show this week. Thank you for listening. As always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. So podcast at gmail.com. Also, special thanks to the folks who sent in um, those codes this week and help us uh, create the show that you listen to. You know, special thanks to uh, Joey Frost Peters from Stegosoft Games. Thanks to K- Tim. I almost said Kim Keenan. That's wrong. Tim Keenan uh, for OAOA. So thank you guys very much. And thank you also to the other person who um, wanted to be on the show but could not get the codes from Steam. So no worries. Maybe next time. Not a problem. Uh, anyway. Thank you all very, very much. Uh, so video games podcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us, we're also on Twitter at so video games. We can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? TikTok and my name at Carlos Rodella. Thank you very much. Watch the videos. All right. All right. Watch those videos. You get your new collaboration videos up as yep. well. So check those out. Yes. Yep. Uh, as for me, same as always, Instagram and Twitter, B R A D G A L L A W A Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 292. Thank you once again for joining us here on the Sobity Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And back for the Mandela effect. Or are we already in it? Time to reboot the simulation, Carlos. You don't believe we're in one. I don't.